Osiris. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome back to We Move Through Stormy Weather, a podcast by Storm Sound and Osiris Media. My name is Ryan Storm, and today I'm joined by Rich Knox. Rich is the drummer in the Canadian power trio Danko Jones. He's toured the world with them over the past nine years and recorded four studio albums, garnering a number one hit and a Juno nomination. In 2021, he founded Performers Health, a company that guides performers to greater physical, mental, and creative health. He has also seen a grand total of one vision activity. Hi, Rich. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Ryan? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for being on today. Really excited uh, to chat some music with you uh, and, you know, get get into what you do. Cool. I'm looking forward to it, too. Awesome. So since this is mostly a fish podcast, let's start yeah. there. You know, I, I mentioned you've seen them once. Yeah. Um, t- tell me about your experience with the band and, you know, your one show. Okay. So uh, I have a cousin, Ashley, who's a huge fish fan. Guys, call it your fish heads, right? Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm outside, uh, but no, I, I guess I do know that because I do have a, a bunch of friends that are, are big fish heads. But anyway, he is he's a big fan, and uh, they were. I was living in Toronto at the time, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and Fish was coming to play, and I asked uh, my partner Danielle when it was. I think it was June eighteenth, twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah, okay. And uh, so that's the show that we went and saw. So my cousin Ashley wrote me and, you know, basically one of those emails you get like your your presence is required at this date, <laughs> at this time. And uh, we're doing this. And so like, OK, sure. So I'd never I'd never seen the band uh, play live before. And uh, so, I th- yeah, let's go do it. Let's go see see what all the fuss is about. And so we went and had a great time. I, I got a T-shirt, although I couldn't find it to wear today but oh. <laughs> uh that would have been as a bit of a miss but uh no we had a great time um i don't really as you said like you know i've seen them just once um love their 
musicality. I think they're great musicians. Don't really know the songs, so I couldn't tell. I couldn't go into uh, what songs they played. Don't don't know, but I just know that it was you know they played played really well uh, mm-hmm. to my to my ears, and we had a great time. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that that was a fun show. That's that's the only fish show I've seen in Toronto. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, that, that was a fun night. All right. Now let's let's get into a little bit about your musical background. What what were you? What kind of stuff were you listening to growing up? You know, as a kid in high school and college, etc. Yeah. Uh, until like when I was like around thirteen or so, I that's when I'd say like my, my I started really paying attention to to what I was listening to. Uh, before then, like it was kind of like whatever was on the radio out. Like I grew up where I live now, actually, but I also grew up in Prince Edward Island. And uh, so I can, I know from moving to Toronto that you guys just had like anybody that lives in a, in a city has access to just like so much more of like what's happening now, you know, and there's, there's, it's where the industry is out where I am there. It's, it's not where the industry is. And so kind of whatever's on the radio, whatever surf to you. So that was like, so like my, my childhood, like, I remember like thinking like, like Phil Collins, like just existed. Like he was just like, Phil Collins is that's like, <laughs> kind of like, it's just like, it's the sound of like my, just like what was on the radio all the time growing up. And I like Phil Collins. So that wasn't a bad thing, but, um, but anyway, to answer your question, like when I started paying attention to to music, uh, that's like uh, when I got into like Nirvana, uh, like alternative or grunge was like what was, uh, you know, it already started, I guess, before I, I became aware of it. But that's like what I, I was into. I was into Rage Against the Machine, uh, Nirvana, um, Smashing Pumpkins, uh, that sort of thing. And so, yeah, like playing... Uh, when I was first starting to play the drums, like the first song I ever played on the drums was Killing in the Name by uh, Rage Against the Machine. So mm-hmm. that was like, and then I kind of learned, kind of self-taught um, through a bunch of like Nirvana songs, learning Dave Grohl parts. So that was that was kind of my intro into music. Um, then as, you know, as, as high school came, kind of, yeah, different like alternative bands and whatever, mostly like still a guitar-based music. Uh, and then... Uh, in high school, I, I'm one of the bands I played in once. Uh, a couple of the guys were like really into jazz, and so I got into jazz music. They kind of got me to switch high schools, so I switched switched uh, from the high school I was supposed to go to to another one because it had a better music program, and that's mm-hmm. that's really what started my journey into like where I am now. But uh, so then I went super heavy into jazz, and I, that took me into university. I went to McGill University and took a jazz degree there. And for like those four or five years, uh, all I listened to was like pretty much jazz music until I uh, graduated and then kind of was let back out into the real world and uh, started (laughs) listening to like uh, Ryan Adams and like that kind of what when I moved to uh, Toronto, like the folk or the alt country was kind of uh, pretty big when when I w- was moving there like t- 2006 or seven or something that was like, at least in my little scene. And uh, so that kind of brought me back into like playing like uh, more popular music and less like music that was recorded in the sixties or fifties. And, right. uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then, yeah, it kind of led to a bunch of things, including like playing harder rock and then uh, eventually ending up uh, in the band that I played with now, Danko Jones. 
uh, playing what is hard, hard rock. So, or nice. yeah, yeah. So there you go. So where, was, was drumming, uh, was that your first instrument? No, uh, I played piano growing up as a kid, um, like was putting piano lessons and stuff and mm-hmm. played, played that. And then I uh, started in the school band playing the trumpet and then, uh, st- yeah, it was, but not, you know, not too long after that, I, I switched the drums. So I was probably around 13, just as the time, like I was starting to pay attention to like, like the, the bands like Nirvana and stuff. And mm-hmm. that's when I started playing the drums and I took to them really quickly. Like it was, they were kind of like the forbidden fruit. You weren't supposed to touch the drums if you weren't a drummer. Cause I guess everybody, <laughs> everybody would just want to. Right. And, uh, but I would, uh, sneak what 13 in. year old doesn't like banging yeah. on things. Come on. I know. So I, I, I would sneak into the, the room where they had drums and, uh, I don't know, maybe the, uh, the teacher was a little bit, uh, like lenient, uh, letting somebody who obviously if you were listening, didn't know what he was doing or, or she was doing. But anyway, I was snuck around and, and, uh, eventually got to try out for the drums. And because of my sneaking around my sneaky practice, I, I, uh, passed the, uh, test to be a drummer. And so th- then I was off to the races and started almost as soon as I got that, like got access to drums, I started making, like started being in bands. So, yeah. Nice. And so you joined Danko Jones in 2013. Tell me about how that came to be and your kind of your journey with that band. Yeah. So I was playing, I was living in Toronto and playing, like I was saying, kind of in the all country world. I played, uh, I was playing in a band, a cover band called Dwayne Gretzky as well. Uh, I was playing (laughs) in, uh, what kind of cover band? It's like, uh, that band still goes on. Uh, I'm not a part of it anymore, but it's, it's like, uh, they do, uh, a ton of songs. It's like, and they do them really well. It's actually one of the best bands I've ever been in. Uh, just the musicianship is incredible and everybody's like super cool. Um, so like, yeah, anything from like <laughs> your Phil Collins to your Nirvana, to your Rage Against the Machine, to your whatever, but they, they'll do like nineties, big nineties nights and, uh, they'll mm-hmm. do different, different themes. Uh, but you know, when we first started, we were playing like Tom Petty and and Beatles and Bruce Springsteen and kind of like, yeah, a lot of stuff from the '80s, '70s, and '80s, and not so much the '90s. And anyway, that they they probably know that band probably knows like 750 to a thousand songs now. Like wow, and uh, and uh, oh, we did play a Fish song with them. If I can keep a, come, bring it back to Fish, uh, yes, we had this request once. We played, uh, I think it was somebody's wedding. And uh, anybody listening is going to like kill me if I get the name wrong of this song. Is it Susie Greenberg? Yes, it is. So we played Susie Greenberg. Nice. Um, also, I, I remember uh, at, at one of my parents' cousin's weddings in like 2013, um, I requested a fish song and that was one that they had like the music for. So I guess that's was circulates. It, was it that? Yeah. I wonder, we weren't the band, were we? We could we have been the band. I don't know. Who knows? I don't think so. Okay. Also, just a quick aside. I know I'm in the middle of uh, my musical journey. Yes. But uh, the song is there a song called First Tube? Yes, there is. Is that the one that like kind of has that like that polyrhythm thing that's like down, 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 down? Yes. I love that song. That was like one of the first fish songs I ever heard. And like I always thought that was an, uh, an amazing song. Awesome. Yeah. It's, I think it's their, their only anything that's gotten nominated for a Grammy, which oh. is crazy that it got nominated for a grammy but it did you know what's also crazy though that like Mm. 
fish are huge. And yeah. They, and they haven't, you're, so you're saying they haven't won a Grammy? No. Well, it's, I mean, they're not, they're not popular huge. You know, they're. I know they're what you mean, but it's, in isn't a, it in interesting? Niche corner of existence. But isn't it interesting how, like, this band can play, like, massive shows everywhere they go? Yeah. There's a, yeah, it's, it, it blows me away. But anyway, I can't remember where I was. I was somewhere in that. Oh, how did I get into playing Danko Jones? So then I, I, uh, <laughs> Uh, I was, yeah, playing, jumping from band, uh, I shouldn't say jumping from band to band, but I was playing like, I was a session musician and I had a couple bands that I was playing with regularly. And, uh, you know, funny enough to where I am now with like, um, uh, fitness and wellness at that point, I was actually like, I was, I, I still love playing music, but it was not really working out for me as a career. Like I was starting to get to the point where like, okay, something's got to give. So I was like in a coffee shop looking on websites for like places to like maybe go like study like to be a naturopath doctor or some something that like I just wanted some kind of uh thing career that it was like the opposite of music which was uncertainty financially and uh so and then I got this email and I was it was a mutual friend that had seen me play in another band and uh just asked like hey any interest in joining a uh, international touring act at that point, I played like in the US and stuff, but like I hadn't mm -hmm. gone to Europe or anything ever, let alone with a band. And so I said, yeah, and it ended up being Danko. And I went and learned some songs with them. And uh, yeah, we ended up getting along. And then they took me on the road. That was probably in, I don't know, May or something like that of 2013. And because uh, their drummer was on the way out. Um, and they, they knew this, but he was still going to finish out his dates with them. And uh, so my first tour with them was a tour of the United States playing all these like it was a tour of parking lots because we were a part <laughs> of this like touring touring festival. And we were like the last band. We kind of like headlined the stage, co-headlined the stage, uh, but it would be like on the parking lot. And then there would be like amphitheaters and like Jane's Addiction and uh, uh Alice and Chains were like playing, uh, headlining like the the amphitheaters, and we'd be like part of the the other thing. So anyway, that was my my first go with them. But like watching them, uh, the 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 in the summer that led up to so, like I knew I was in the band. I'd been given like yes, you're in the band, but we have these dates we had to finish out with our drummer. And these dates that they played, we've never played shows as big as these dates in the <laughs> nine years I've been in the band. They played Woodstock, Poland. And it was like 500,000 people. Oh my God. There at least like, and there's, and then they might've like even said like there, there were I didn't more know, there. I didn't know Poland did a Woodstock. They, I don't know if they do it every year, but they did it. They did it that in 2013. Yeah. And, uh, and I, there's footage is there. Like the guy said, like you, you're on stage and it was like a sea of humanity, like as far as you could see. And then, uh, and they also played uh, Festival de, uh, de in Quebec city. And that there's like 300,000 or whatever it is there. So I'm like, I'm watching this, like, and you know, I played like music all my life, but I never played it that to that many people. And so I'm like watching these YouTube videos, like, holy oh, crap, shit. this is what yeah. I'm about <laughs> to join. And, uh, and then we went and played parking lots for, for a month and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, ups and downs, but, uh, you know, mostly ups. So anyway, yeah. that's, and, a, yeah, yeah, that's how I joined. What, them. what? Um, I mean, you just got back from a tour of Europe, right? Like I know you guys yeah. tour over there more than you do here, right? Oh, way more. Yeah. That's, uh, it's always just been, it's always been, well, I should say 
for the whole time I've been in the band, that's been how it is. Um, are, we're mostly we're most popular in uh, like Scandinavia, uh, Germany, France, and like Europe. Yeah, mainland Europe. And uh, yeah, we just played in the UK for it was a short, really short run. It was like uh, eight days uh, over there, and we were opening for the Darkness and Blackstone Cherry, these two uh, two rock bands. And uh, we yeah we played seven shows in the eight days and it was awesome just our our crew was great uh the vibes morale was high and we played the last show was at wembley arena which was a bit of a check off the old uh the old list there so that was pretty cool yeah that's really cool yeah um okay what are, what is your favorite pre-show meal and your favorite post-show meal mm, okay well i'll go to the i'll go to this uh this particular tour i was not eating uh right before the show sometimes i i don't often eat right before the like right before the show mm. um but okay if i have to i have to give you something though what would what would i have if i had to give if i have had something um something like kind of on the lighter side mm-hmm. um maybe like even just i don't know on our rider, we had like, uh, like peanut butter, like we'd have like a peanut butter sandwich. So maybe like that would be like the last <laughs> thing I'd have is like peanut butter, uh, uh, sandwich, uh, like in honey, uh, before, like, you know, not right before, but a little bit before, mm-hmm. um, after the show, I like, I like to kind of treat it as like a workout. So I'll, like, I'll try to have something that's like fairly heavy in protein. And, uh, so on this, on this particular run, not every, every tour is like this, but this one, because they're like doing arenas and stuff, there's, there's catering on the, uh, that's so everything's just set up for you. Um, mm-hmm. so I'd just go up and like fill up on whatever, uh, meat dish they had there. Like it was like beef or, uh, or chicken or something. And, uh, and just like a little bit of, uh, some kind of carb or whatever it was they had like, and then a bunch of greens and that kind of just, so, I mean, that's even what I eat at home. Like, it's pretty like, we're like a meat and veggie family most of the time. And so mm-hmm. I like to try to keep it as much like that as we can. Um, but yeah, any, any like any kind of like dairy or just heavy meal before the show would not be a good idea. Right, right. And so kind of moving in this direction, but you know, you mentioned you kind of consider playing a show as a workout. So do you consider yourself an athlete? Uh, no, I, I, I don't. But I, I do consider what I do as an athletic thing. But uh, yeah, because I, I think, you know, athletes are just by definition are like playing a sport and it's a competition. But for me, it's it is. Yeah, what I am doing is is like I do see it as like quite athletic. Um, so I, maybe that's just semantics there. And, and basically, I'm I do think of myself as an athlete, but I do I do think that it's important to treat myself like an athlete. Um, and so I I definitely like, you know, I, I make sure that the same way that an athlete treats themselves, like, like nutrition, like thinking, considering these things, making sure you like, I'm drinking enough water mm-hmm. b- before the show and during the show and after the show, um, making sure I warm up before I play, make sure I cool down after, make sure I'm getting enough sleep, making sure like I'm just out and walk, like walking around all day, like, so that, you know, it is in many ways it is like being an athlete because you have to perform 
Um, so like you want your energy to be at its, as pinnacle as you're going to go on stage, you know, and your focus and your everything. So, yeah. So I don't know, I guess. Yeah. Kind of, kind of, but, uh, I don't know. Yeah. You know, it, your, your answer evolved over the course of the <laughs> it did. It's like, yes, I'm an athlete. <laughs> yes. I'm an Olympian. Yes. Yeah. Um, so tell me about, uh, fit drummers, performers, health, performers, health, uh, the, the wellness side of things. You're very well-versed in this and you've, you've worked with a lot of artists, but tell me about how, how this came to be, how you kind of got into that. I know you mentioned, you know, wanting to be a naturopath doctor before joining Danko Jones. Um, but talk, talk to me about how these things kind of developed and, and all about them. Yeah. So this like totally this whole idea is something like that I've been considering and like journaling about since like, I think I found something as far back as like 2010 when I first mentioned like uh, fit the, like the name fit drummers. Like it's been on my mind for a long, long time. I've always just enjoyed going to the gym uh, ever since like high school. Um, just the nature of switching into that other high school. I'd have to, it, we didn't have a bus to take me home because we, I wasn't in my own neighborhood anymore. I was going to school in town. So I'd get a lift home with my dad at the end of his uh, work day. And so I would just go to like, go to the gym with, with friends after to kill that time after school. So I, like, it was something that I really loved doing. I was like a, always a decent athlete, but never like super competitive, like, uh, you know, all-star or anything, but I guess, so it kind of grew out of like having that love of, of movement and also like over the years, like, I guess like different like girlfriends that I had were like, like healthier than I. So like, it was like the succession of girlfriends that like, I would take a lesson from each of them. Like, like, okay, you kind of taught me about, about this. And then you taught me about this. And and one particular one was a, uh, uh, like a nutritionist, a, a natural, or a, what do you call that? Uh, not a naturopath, but a holistic nutritionist. Yeah. And, uh, so I really like, you know, she would, I really learned a lot just from, you know, being with her. And, uh, so that like, and then we, we, you know, we would go to the gym all the time as well. So that, that was like really what kind of made me aware of that world. Like, oh yeah, there's like, of course, this is like something that people do is, is, uh, teach other people about this stuff. And I, I saw her work in that, in that world. And, and so that kind of really got the wheels turning for me to like do something with this, but it, it wasn't really until, um, tw like 2020 when I had time on my hands, like when, you know, the world shut down that I had time to like, okay, what am I going to do? And so I, I went, got like, got serious about it and like, well, I could, you know, I could become a, a personal trainer. I could like study this stuff because there was, you know, online courses and stuff and, and same with uh, nutrition. So became a, like studied, actually studied the stuff like actually and, and became a personal certified personal trainer and uh, precision nutrition coach and uh, uh, like, subsequently like a breathwork coach and uh, meditation coach as well. So like, I just kind of really like, you know, took it from the, what was just in my head and in writing in my journal to like actually doing it. And then like, let's uh, bring this to people because I guess the other side of it was that these are all things that I was testing on myself and that I needed myself because I was, you know, getting like even like work, uh, work related injuries or like playing related injuries Mm -hmm. um, from just like not doing things properly. So yeah, it was just a natural progression to like 
take it from like things that I, I noticed that I needed. And I noticed that a lot of other people I was playing with weren't paying attention to as much. And I thought they should be. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of how it all started. Um, and then I, I should, you know, if I can, uh, name drop your mom and, yes. uh, and <laughs> yeah, Lisa and David, I went to a class, a David Newton class, uh, with my partner, Danielle, and, uh, she, she had been to one of his classes before, I think it was at the spin studio, uh, which I'm going to blank the name on, uh, Mayfair. No, it wasn't Mayfair. It was oh, a uh, different one. Yeah. He was doing these, like this short lived, like Zen ride class or something like this, where there was like, uh, it was a spin class, but then there was also like this kind of like yoga zone kind of thing at the end of it or something. And like, so, and she's like, ah, Rich, you're, I know you're just going to love this. Cause I kind of love when someone really knows what they're talking about and can like mm -hmm. really paint a picture for you as to why you're doing what you're doing and what's happening. And, and, uh, so yeah, I went to, went to his class and, uh, at, yeah, of course, like we, the spin class was great, but then like we got up to like the yoga part and just like, she knows me well because at the end of the class, like totally nerded out and like went up and like, Hey, Hey man, like, uh, introduce <laughs> myself and like, love to like get some, you know, come back to another class or get some training from you. So I ended up getting like a, a personal training package, uh, from David and then that's how I, how I met your mom. And so, I mean, meeting, uh, him and her as well, like we're just further, uh, leading me down that path to like, yeah, I could do this. And I think it is something that I actually want to do. And I think that it's something that the music industry could use. And, and it mm -hmm. is going that way. As I, as I've gone into the world, uh, this world, I've noticed that there are people out there talking about some of these things. Um, but I just, you know, I want to, I want to be one of those people as well. Cause I, you know, I think, uh, it's, it's about the information. It's also about how you present it and, you know, just making people, you know, a lot of musicians sometimes, are kind of uh, have a have a an impression of what it is to be like to you know go to the gym or take care of yourself and like think that maybe you know that it's like that's something like gym bros do and like they don't want to that's not them or that's not their identity but I, I think there's many many ways that people can take better care of themselves and so I don't know that's a long-winded way a reason of why I wanted to do this and how I kind of got into that and yeah what what I hope to do is is uh, be one of those voices that people can listen to and uh, hopefully find some inspiration and education from. So, yeah. Amazing. So where can people find Performers Health and what, what do you do uh, if, if people are interested in this? Yeah. Okay. People can go to www.performershealth.com. Um, right now I'm offering a one-on-one -on -one coaching service. Uh, so it's that's and it's under the fit drummers. Now we're getting complicated here, but it's under the fit drummers <laughs> that we're calling it fit drummers. And uh, because I've been mainly working with drummers right now. Um, so subsequently, if you went to fitdrummers.com, it would direct you to performers health and it's all right there for you. It's all uh, it's all on the same website right now. And uh, there's a button right on the website for you to book a call with me. If you are just like someone that's listening, it's like, I'm kind of interested in maybe going down this path, but I don't know, like, is this a fit for me? We could hop on a call and uh, discuss like what you're doing and, and why you think you might want to, to start taking better care of yourself or, or what you need help with. And we could see if there's, if working with me would be a good fit. Um, so that's, that's what I'm doing right now. Uh, in the very near future, uh, there will be uh, 
Well, some more, some more goodies. I don't know if I, I, I shouldn't share, but there's, there's much, there's, I don't want to share because I, I don't know exactly when it's going to be able to come out, but mm-hmm. uh, there's going to be s- some other options for, for people that don't maybe have the, uh, don't want to work one-on-one with a coach, but still want some guidance. I'll just, I'll leave it at that. That's very exciting. That's yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So back to kind of the, you know, the on the road thing. When when you have a tour coming up, whether it's like a, a shorter one like you just did or like a six week tour, yeah. how do you how do you train? How do you how do you prep for it? Well, so I train just like I guess it's just how I live now, but it's just a, a steady routine of work like working out like okay, you I was going to I was about to launch into what people could do, but what I do is I have I have a routine of going to the gym mm-hmm. uh, from three to six days a week, depending on what I'm working on at that point. I maintain uh, what I consider a healthy diet, which you know to me is mostly uh, the like some people say like oh it's clean, but that's like that's a weird way to describe it. But mostly fresh vegetables or like you know cooked, but like vegetables. Mm-hmm. And then like some kind of protein and like some kind of like minimally processed foods, essentially, um, which a quick aside, anybody that's like wants to eat healthier, the cl- base, not as a hundred percent rule, but as a like 99% rule, the closer you can get to eating a, a food as it, as it came into the world, like an, like an apple is probably a little bit better than, than eating the the applesauce that's been sweetened, which is a little bit better than having the apple juice as just as an example. So I kind of lean towards that more like as much as I can get close to its natural form. Like I'll cook the meat. I don't eat the meat raw, but like that's my processing ends at cooking the steak or cooking the chicken or whatever. Right. So anyway, uh, yeah, diet and make sure I get good amount of sleep. I, uh, yeah, in my workout program, there's a combination of, of, uh, some cardio work to be able to have the endurance to play the sets. There's strength work to have the strength to play the set and which also leads into the endurance, which also leads into the injury, injury prevention. So it's really, uh, I mean, yeah, without getting into the weeds, just having like some kind of movement practice, making sure that I get a good amount of sleep every night, making sure that I eat well, uh, get out for walks, get outside. is really like not that complicated and so that's basically what I do. And then practice, practice. Like I make sure I, I know all my songs. I make sure that, of course. you know, I, pl- I play the set like daily on the way up to the, the tour, work mm-hmm. on other more technical things on the drums just to continue shedding. to improve <laughs> wood shedding, as they say. And uh, that's really, that's really it. Like there's, you know, and then when you're on the road, you just keep that up. You just keep, keep on with your workouts, keep, making sure you get good sleep. Try not to like drink a hundred beers every night, that kind of thing. Like, and just like keep, keep healthy on, on, some, on. some are tougher than others. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's really, it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's just having these healthy habits and keeping them and then just keeping them as you go on the road and knowing that, you know what, your schedule might be a little bit more intense when you're on the road and you might be spending uh, like some bands get to tour in buses. Some have to, get to tour in, in vans and uh, there's a difference there because your schedule is a bit different because you're usually more awake and you're doing the van drives in the day whereas a bus uh, will drive overnight and you sleep 
So like there's there's those those things, but like this particular this last tour, we toured in a van. Our drives, luckily, it wasn't like touring Canada. They weren't like eight hours every day, but right. it was still like you had to get up in the morning. They were reasonable drives, but like, so you just like me and I know the other guys in the band do the same. You just make sure you get like, get to bed. Like we, we take better care of ourselves than, and not that our crew are a bunch of are raging party animals, but like <laughs> the, the, you know, as, as the musicians, it's, it, it's not just our responsibility, but it's our our joy to feel good on the road so that like, this is like, it feels good to go on stage and it's not like, I'm still hung over from last night. Like right. that's a, that's a crappy feeling. So anyway, that's, that's kind of it. Like the message there is like, it's not super complicated, but you just, you just want to make sure that you're doing something consistently. And that's kind of checking all your boxes for your, the different health markers that you want to have on, on the road to stay healthy and, and feel good and enjoy it, you know, cause why else are you going out in the road? Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and kind of continuing in that vein, uh, when, while you're on tour, your ideal day. Um, I know it, it probably varies whether it's a van tour or a bus tour, um, but yeah. your ideal day on tour. Okay, ideal day on tour would be to. Uh, I mean, I assume it involves a day off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Okay, but let's say it's a show day. Uh, yeah, waking up, getting outside, going outside for a walk, and finding like a nice coffee place, and going and grabbing a coffee and exploring the city that I'm in, and just like walking, kind of aimlessly, like a I've heard it described once as a whimsical wander, going for a whimsical Ooh, wander where you that's like a good, that's good that's a good term yeah <laughs> where you're you're kind of going and I love doing this on a run as well where you, you don't really have you kind of just let your intuition guide you and and like mm-hmm. um so for me uh touring in europe is really fun because the the cities themselves are like interesting to me like it's just the buildings are a little older everything's just a kind of a bit more interesting to me i guess just it's novel to me too like i haven't i didn't grow up there so to me just like walking around is a fun activity so I'll like go and find the old buildings. I often find like the old churches because they're like the ones that are always open and you can go into them. And like they're these, you know, beautiful buildings that have been built like or castles, you know, either or like they're both like these kind of pretty marvelous uh, structures. And so just walking around and uh, getting a lay of the land and yeah, whimsically wandering, just like, you know, maybe put a podcast in or like an audio book or whatever or some tunes and just go for a walk uh head back uh okay so it's a show day so i'm then i head back to the venue maybe have a little bite to eat get a little workout in some kind of stretching routine something uh yeah if there's any work i have to take care of uh taking care of that probably go for another walk um come back to the venue have dinner uh you know get then there's kind of like the lead up to the show which is you know usually a few hours a couple hours to kind of get in the zone then it's the like kind of a long a long warm up slash just moving around jumping around stretching uh almost like doing a mini workout before the show mm-hmm. and then uh yeah kind of getting in the zone you get dressed for the show get ready and uh maybe have a small bite to eat um yeah in those cases a lot of the times if we're there all day long I might have like eat like 3 or 4 hours before the show um 
and then yeah, and then play the show. And then after the show, just you know, you have your come down a bit, have a shower, uh, get in some comfy clothes. If if it's a if you're heading back on the bus, you just you know maybe or maybe hang out in the in the dressing room for a while if they if they let you stay there a few more hours and like it's usually six hours ahead five hours ahead for me so like call back home and whatever and you know, all that all that sort of thing and that's it, where the the time difference works in your favor there it does it actually does in these cases like after the show's done it's like it's dinner time at home it's like oh, i just played yeah i just played a show to like a few couple thousand people and like you're just calling home and like there's like yeah <laughs> it's like nothing you know kind of just like a chill normal day right so uh yeah, that's kind of that's kind of an ideal day. Nothing, awesome. nothing wild. Just like <laughs> not, nothing too crazy. Nothing too crazy. <laughs> just getting out and and seeing seeing the place that I'm in and being outside and and uh, that's it. Awesome. Okay, your favorite venue that you've seen music at and your favorite venue that you've played, mm. and then your bucket list venue that you haven't played yet. Okay. Okay. Favorite venue that I've seen music at uh, ooh, would be – that's a great question. I wish I had a, had a – could have thought about this before. I'm going to say – because I'm, I'm having trouble thinking of one, I'm going to say uh, Massey Hall. Oh, yeah, in Toronto. Yeah. In Toronto. Yeah, I saw I saw Neil Young play there. That was pretty cool. Nice. Um, so that that I'll put I'll put Massey Hall as as the place and favorite venue that I've played at. I would say is um, oof. There's a tie. There's this like club. Mm-hmm. Oh man, what's the name of it? I can't. Okay, no, I can't name it because I, I can't remember the name of it. So that that, that doesn't Where, work. T- ex- you can there's there's a place about it. Okay, there's a there's this one club in Hamburg that's uh, in Germany. That's um, it's not even like the nicest club, but it's just the lookout from when I look out the stage. The uh, it's kind of like it's almost like a long bowl. I, I'm I'm saying this for anybody that might just be listening, but like, yeah, <laughs> it's like levels. It's like kind of this goes out like kind of on an upper angle, and then there's like bleachers all, all around the side. So it's like this long, long bowl. And uh, every time we've been playing there these past few years, it's been like ram jammed, and and like it seems like we have really great fans there because everybody's singing along, and it just it really feels like I'm in a music video because like there's just like people kind of like packed up as far as I can see, like, well, to the back of the room and, mm-hmm. uh, and all around. So that's, that's a fun place to play. There's another place in Belgium called Ancien Belgique. And that's, uh, that's just amazing because it's a beautiful big room and it sounds amazing. And the crew is amazing. And like the facilities are amazing. So it's just like a joy. And then you're in downtown, uh, Brussels, so that's uh, nice. amazing as well. Yeah. So yeah, I would say that. Is and then this place is that Ancien Belgique? No, that... no, the the Hamburg venue. I was just guessing. No, 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 no. It's much smaller, <laughs> much smaller. Oh, okay. Oh, you were. I've been in that place though. Uh, not the not the venue, but that. Oh, can pull that back up. Oh yeah, wait. This is like a contentious uh, little little uh, modern history lesson for people here. This is a contentious. Ooh. People can't people can't see this, but this is oh. the 
Elbe Philharmonic. Yeah, Elbe Elbe Philharmonic Hamburg. So the Elbe is the river, the Elbe. Yeah. And uh, so this is like big building that's on the river. It's one of those like buildings that's built in the city and some people love it and some people hate it and think it's like a monstrosity and like this is not good. <laughs> and I think it just costs like a ton of money. And like so I think this is like a floating room like this 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 room that you you have uh, pictured here is yeah. like totally isolated from all like it's just like kind of like a room within a room kind of thing but it's a huge room within a room so it's like but anyway it's like an amazing place to see classical music or like or music or i guess or whatever anyway i was i was there i never went in that room but i we did tour around it and it was it was nice but anyway that's totally not the venue it's way smaller and uh <laughs> and way dingy, it was, way dingier it's very dingy it was it was worth a shot <laughs> other place i would say third place is the dakota tavern in toronto uh, it's a small uh very small venue in a basement but the way the reason i like it is because it's the lighting is cool in there and that there's this the stage is kind of there can be people right in front of you and there can also be people uh to your right if you're playing so to stage right and so they they come around you and it's and you're in a basement so it's like when people are there and there's like there's something about playing and having people on your right seeing you uh at least as a drummer too because you're always in the back but now there's people that have the side view and it mm -hmm. it just feels very intimate and very like I don't know. It feels very special to to play there. Nice. Uh, I would like to play Red Rocks. That would be uh, yes the place. Uh, you asked where, where I would like to play. Um, anywhere, anywhere in Europe uh, on the bucket list. Um, well, since I just played Rem Wembley Arena, I'll I'll say that I would also like to play Wembley Stadium. Yes. <laughs> nice. So yeah. big Wembleys. <laughs> yeah, I want all. I want to do all the Wembleys. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So three things coming up in 2023 with you, with Danko Jones, whatever uh, we should be excited about. Okay. Um, ooh, what do we got coming up? Danko Jones, we got, uh, well, there's some big, uh, big festivals coming up this summer. If you're in Europe, I don't know how, how much crossover there'll be, to be honest, if I'm going to, if we're, I'm speaking to a, a mostly uh, fish head a fan base, the audience, a yeah. jam bandy <laughs> audience. Cause we, we tend to play, we're kind of like, for anybody that doesn't know us, we're kind of like the. We end up playing in a lot of like metal festivals or like like you know heavy music festivals, and mm -hmm. not that we're a metal band because we're not, but we're like kind of like the, the palate. I would describe this maybe as like a bit of the palate cleanser for for the metal. Like so, we're still hard enough where you're not like, Ugh, but right, but we're not <laughs> like we're not heavy. We're kind of like somewhat to like the ACDC vibe to the you know to the you know, ACDC to the Metallica, but like, we're not like Metallica, but you know what I mean? Like if just, yes. to, just to throw a couple of names out there that everyone would probably know. Um, so we're playing some really cool uh, and large uh, metal festivals this summer, which, which, and some of my favorites, there's one in, uh, in Belgium, actually grass pop that we're playing. That I'm really excited about. So that's one. Uh, what else is what else going on? Uh, two. Well, it's kind of like that top secret cool thing that I, I don't want to talk about because I don't know when so, it's coming out. So people should follow you on social media but yeah, so they can find out about the top secret cool thing when yeah, it does happen. Please do. There's okay. <laughs> you have you have a couple options to follow me if you want. My uh, my own personal drum uh, like Rich Knox drums. Uh, so R I C H K N O X drums. That's like where I talk about 
me playing drums and just my, you know, kind of semi-personal life. But uh, if you're a drummer and you're at all interested in, uh, yeah, like feeling just a little bit more loose or strong or like having more like stamina on the drums or whatever it is, or just trying to avoid injury or bounce back from like some tennis elbow or whatever it is, uh, fit drummers at fit drummers on, on Instagram. I pretty much use Instagram exclusively. I am yet to, to go to anything else and at performers health. So they're, they're all, uh, I'll send you the uh, stuff uh, put in the, if there's show notes or anything like that, there oh, are. Okay, sweet. So, and, or yeah, on the website, performershealth.com or fitdrummers.com. So all kind of easy to remember. Um, but yeah, f- tune in guys and girls tune in. There'll be, there'll be more to come right now. If you want to work one-on-one with a coach, if you've never worked one-on-one with a coach, uh, it's pretty awesome because you get to work with somebody that can customize a plan just for you. So like whether wow. that's, whether that's a workout plan or a nutrition plan, but also so much more like, uh, some people I work with, we work on things that have nothing really to do with uh, wellness in in particular, but like taking care of certain things in your life that that are adding stress, and that uh, you know stress is uh, is not a bad thing, but we don't you know we want to we want to give ourselves the good kind of stress, and and not uh, if we can eliminate the bad kinds of stress, then we can we should do that. So there's you know there's there's if you never worked with a coach before, it might be, you know, whether it's me or not, maybe, maybe give it a go. So anyway, that's what I'm offering right now. And stay tuned because there's some other cool stuff right around the corner that oh, might be a bit more interactive. I'll, I'm just dropping, dropping clue bombs here. Ooh, a little more yes. interact. Yeah. Inter- Very exciting. Interactive and downloadable. <laughs> awesome. Ooh, I look forward to, uh, finding out what these uh, very <laughs> cool and secret things are when that happens uh everybody go follow rich rich thank you so much uh, for being on the podcast today it's been an absolute pleasure uh, getting to talk to you getting to hear about your musical journey and everything uh that you like to do oh thanks so much for having me and uh everybody have a great year and enjoy the fish concerts this year everybody thank you yeah. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of We Move Through Stormy Weather. Hope you have a fantastic day. We'll see you next time. Hi, this is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, 
and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.